Welcome, Abundant Babe. I have been waiting for you. And I get the feeling I know you pretty well already. Because like me, you are the visionary, the eternal optimist, the one who embraces all aspects of her divine feminine while being grounded with ambitious and driven energy. You've got big dreams and you're ready to make it all happen. Well, let me tell you, soul sister, you've come to the right place. The Abundant Babe podcast is designed for goddesses just like you. We will talk about purposeful business, personal growth, mindset, money, manifestation, success, goals, all with a splash of spirituality and a tad of silliness. I know you've got it in you and now is the time, beautiful. Trust in yourself and take action on what myself and other abundant babes share in the sacred space. And believe me, babe, your life will continue to change and expand. I'm your host, Viola Hug, multi-passionate entrepreneur, mentor, and coach. And my purpose is to help visionaries manifest everything they want through alignment, spirituality, and tangible strategy. It is so great to have you here. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Abundant Days podcast. This is your host, Viola Hug, and I'm so happy you're here. Today, I have a guest from the Midwest U.S. who's currently in Italy joining us. So excited to welcome wealth and mindset coach for online entrepreneur Tess Wicks to the podcast. Hello. Hi. (laughs) How's it going? It's going. It's it's a good day here in in Italy at least. So (laughs) So before we get into it, let's how about you share your Instagram so people as they're listening can stalk you on Instagram. Oh, yes, please do. My Instagram handle is at Tess underscore Wix. W-I-C-K-S. Yes. And if you are listening for the first time, my Instagram is at Viola Hug. So if you're getting like, as you're listening, you have any aha moments or anything really stands out to you, I would love it if you screenshot the episode and post up on your story, tag the both of us and yeah, let us know what's really stood out from the episode. But yeah, so Tess, I'm so excited to have you here. So like I mentioned, Tess is a wealth and mindset coach. She helps business owners make and manage money with ease by combining both the practical strategies and the systems with the magic of mindset work. So I think this is really cool. I think this is going to be a really fun conversation because we've um, there, it's been a while since we've had an episode about money, but also this concept of really like having those practical strategies and having the right mindset while you're doing them, I think is so key. And also Tess is also a digital nomad. So she, like I said, she's in Italy at the moment, but she spends time between Italy, Northern and Southern Italy and the Midwest of the US, which is where she's originally from. Other than the um, professional intro, why don't you tell us your story? Like how did you get into doing what you do now? Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like I have a pretty probably standard story, but I, I think it all kind of started from college. I went to college with a really like, you know, my parents were very much like, go to college, get a degree, get a job and get a job that's going to pay you a good salary, whatever that meant. Um, But to them, it was really important to, you know, have me on the path so that I can support myself and like make sense. That's what all parents want, I think, is for us to be just like, okay, with money and whatnot and happy. 
So I actually went to school and studied actuarial science and finance, which actuarial science is just like if finance and statistics had a baby um, and came out like this big nerd, that would be me, (laughs) an actuary. (laughs) So actuaries tend to work in insurance a lot. Um, I ended up going into consulting right out of college and worked for a huge company in Chicago, moved to Chicago. So I'm from Iowa. I moved out to Chicago to the big city and worked in retirement consulting. I'm telling you, and this is not a joke when I tell you this, I spent most of my day wishing people were dead. Not what you think, not my coworkers. My coworkers were awesome, but because my day was like gathering a bunch of data and then we had to like reconcile that data from year to year. And the best thing that could happen is if like a bunch of these these data fields, which were people, if they were dead, then we could just like eliminate them and we didn't have to go find, you know, what's, what's been going on with their retirement plans. Mm-hmm. Probably doesn't sound exciting to you because it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, really saw the light pretty much a couple years in and was like, I need to get out of here. And in college, I had been exposed to the like taste of entrepreneurship. I had a really awesome mentor who had come and spoken to our school. And then he ran these, um, they're kind of like, not conventions, but conferences, but for young people who just wanted more out of life. And that got me exposure to my roommate who I ended up living with in Chicago. And we were obsessed with podcasts, actually. We ended up starting a podcast because we wanted to hear more from female entrepreneurs. And a lot of the big podcasts that we're interviewing entrepreneurs in general had like a female every six to 10 episodes. And so um, my roommate and I and another friend of ours started the She Did It Her Way podcast, which is now not, I'm, I'm not affiliated with it, but still support it. Um, And we had done that for a year. And then I was like, I want to do my own podcast about money. And so I had ended up leaving my job during that time. And I was like, basically, I knew I wanted to do my own thing, but I didn't really know what exactly that was going to be. I just knew that I couldn't continue to wish large amounts of people were dead anymore. So I left my job and started dabbling, basically. I dabbled in um, this, I, this world of content strategy and content marketing and kind of realized like, oh, I can write blogs and I can, I've been doing this podcast as kind of just like a, a hobby and maybe I can start my own podcast and talk about something that I'm passionate about, which of course came all the way back and full circle to the money piece. Because mm-hmm. I just remember that, you know, even in college, I had an education in finance and I still had so many questions about finance mm-hmm. when it came to like real world stuff. And I had a ton of friends that were pharmacy majors or journalism majors. And I was like, they didn't get any of the exposure I got. They have to have a ton of questions too. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to start a conversation around money in general um, for specifically women. And that's kind of how I started my podcast and my platform. And from there, it grew into um, personal finance coaching. And then I've really pivoted into, because of my own experience and exposure to being an entrepreneur and running a business and then connecting with peers and friends and seeing that, oh, there's a huge need for money and talking about money, both from 
the practical, like let's talk about personal finance, let's talk about business finance, let's talk about systems and cash flow, but also like what feeds into that, which is the mindset stuff. So here I am now, a beautiful butterfly on the other side of that <laughs> story. Amazing. It's so cool. And I love how you um, tie like all those things together. I'd love to ask as well, like we're... <clears throat> Oh my gosh, I just choked on my own swallowing. Oh my gosh, funny. Um, so I'd love to ask, like, how do you feel? Like, what do you feel is the important aspect? Like, where does mindset really come in when it comes to like your personal finances and like everything like that? Because I would love to hear um, from your perspective what really the connection is and why it's so powerful to combine the two. Yeah, it is important in every aspect of personal finance, especially, I mean, both, but I think if we're even talking about business owners, everything starts at the personal level because you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else. And you have to take care of your mindset before you can really take the practical, tangible tips and implement them in the world. Like, you know, I can tell someone step-by-step what to do to build a million dollar investment portfolio or how to budget their money. There's so many apps out there that help you budget your money and so many resources, but why do we not, you know, still do it? Why are we still overspending or not saving what we should? And it's because we have something going on up here, right? And mm-hmm. there's I've I've when in working with my clients, there's a lot of different blocks that come in at all different angles. Mm-hmm. There's the you know, guilt or um, limiting beliefs around what we can spend money on. There's the guilt or limiting beliefs around what we are allowed to make in income in our, in our lives. There's the guilt and limiting beliefs about how much we can have or how much we can save and hold on to. And so, you know, money flows in, it comes in, it goes out or it stays or it grows. And we have money mindset issues in every aspect and angle. And we have to work on all of them and we have to work on them because otherwise give me the best, you know, golden tool. But if you have a bad mindset about it, you're never going to utilize that tool in the way that it can really help you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think this is like so important because that's even like, um, one, it's like the, all the mindset things that come up, like you were saying, like the guilt or the misunderstanding or all of those things as well but I think also like such a huge part of it is like having the kind of like emotional intelligence around it as well because with so much of this conversation around money it's like such a triggering thing and I know like when I was on your podcast we talked about how um that I had this like kind of like rebelling kind of feeling against my parents who were like really like managing their money and then I was just like And they're always like, we don't have money. But then as soon as I saw money in my account, that meant to me like, oh, now we have money. So I'm going to spend it all to show you like, actually, (laughs) not not that that was very healthy, but it was like, we have like these attachments to different things and different beliefs and different stories around money. And it can be so triggering. Like it can be, there's so much like emotion involved. And so it's like later in life when things come up that um, trigger like a spending habit or a not spending habit or, you know, a habit around money, uh, we need to also have that like mindset and the emotional intelligence to be able to look at that scenario and say, okay, well, actually money's neutral, you know, Mm -hmm. like what's actually going on here? 
Yeah. Yeah. To your point when, and yeah, everyone should, we should do like a little, everyone's got to listen to both the podcasts, tag us and we'll say, Hey, that was such a good conversation. And in like you either, and oftentimes it's, it's not either, or it's both. You, you, you will rebel against something that you learned and picked up from your parents, but you'll Mm -hmm. also maintain these loyalties and like you maintain loyal to these family paradigms. And so it's funny because like, you'll maybe never allow yourself until you work through these blocks uh, to make more than what your parents have made. And then you'll rebel against their way of being like, we never, you know, we don't have the money to spend. When you do make money, you rebel and you spend it. And that feeds into the loyalty paradigm of never making more than what they made. Exactly. Funny how it's like this endless, like, dog eating its tail almost is we both rebel and we remain loyal and it's just hurting us from all angles. Oh yeah. It's basically a shit storm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because this is the most interesting thing that I find about money as well is like, I feel like there's so many layers. There's like the layer of like your general like limits or blocks or misunderstandings around money. And then there's like the next layer where you kind of get into this, like, okay, like I can be friends with money. Like this is okay. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's not so bad after all, but then there's also the level of expansion and expansion beyond that. Like you just said, like one of the examples is like not wanting to earn more than our parents made. And when I look back, like, I don't think like consciously I ever had that, but when I look back and I actually witnessed the story, that's totally what happened because as soon as I started making more money, I was just like, oh no, like I need to kind of like move back down. And I, I think like a big part of that for me as well was like, my mom was always someone who loved supporting me and loved helping me out and mm-hmm. was always there for me. And a part of me was like, how is she going to be there for me? I better like ruin my financial situation so she could still be there for me, you know? And I yeah. had to work through that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think what we don't realize is you know, the, if we get into the kind of science of it all is our subconscious mind is developed when we are children. And so we just pick up all those habits, but then all the, basically the understanding of like, how am I going to stay safe in this body and in this community? And we pick that up. And then so many times, you know, and, and I like to share my story and my experience because I think it will help those who feel like, how I've felt, which is I came from a really strong financially grounded family unit. You know, my dad is a entrepreneur. He's made really great money in his lifetime. He's been able to do really impressive things with it to pass it along to us. And yet I've still had so much guilt and doubt and struggle around money and what I believe I am allowed to make or, you know, like how dare I manifest more money or make more money or charge this because I should really focus my efforts on giving instead. And, you know, when we think about money in that way, though, we also give it so much power that like, it means that I can only give away money as opposed to make an impact on someone else's life in exchange for that energy, which is money. Yeah, so true. And it's important for me to share that because I think you know, I had this struggle of even saying, oh, I have subconscious limiting beliefs around money because I had the education, I had the good upbringing, I had the abundance in terms of money coming into my life. And I was like, I shouldn't have any problems with it. Mm -hmm. Right. But 
when we think about mindset and limiting beliefs, I mean, our subconscious mind develops in the way that is like, we need to just keep you safe. And then that is rooted so deeply. So then even as conscious thinking adults, we're like, I don't have that income set point. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, I I don't think that my parents need to take care of me, but then in retrospect, we look back and we go, oh yeah, that's what I was doing. Mm. And I was doing it because I was rebelling and also remaining loyal to my family unit and to my community and to my peers. Yeah. This is like totally one of those scenarios when like parents are older people, when you're a kid, they're like, when you're my age, you'll understand. And you're like, no, you're dumb. And then you like get that age and you're like, oh, I get it now. Like the same thing happens with money stuff. We're like, I definitely do not have those problems. And then later you're like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe I did a little bit. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I know one of the things that you really teach on, which I think is such a fun and important topic to talk about. And just like, I feel like such an right now. I'm like, it's so fun. Let's talk about like trying to get money and all these things. But you talk about taking care of your personal finances and how that's really self-care, um, mm-hmm. especially for the entrepreneur and the business owner, right? Like, can you talk us through that a little bit more? What does that mean? What, how do you actually take care of your personal finances? Yeah. So there's a lot of kind of ways we could go with this. And I'm going to start with the reason why taking care of your personal finances in any way, shape or form, whether you're a business owner or not is self-care. And it's because, especially for women, which I think self-care really resonates with us. We're like, yeah, that sounds good. I should do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially for us, we need to know what's happening financially. I mean, money whether we you know, want to claim it or not, is one of the resources that is pertinent to our survival, just like our relationships and our community and just like, um, food. like food and yeah, the ability to survive. And so we need money in this day and age to, to survive. And so when we think about it like that, we also need to really pay attention to, you know, how we feel about our money, but also what's happening with it and make sure that we're maintaining it and we're saving for our future. And we, we kind of like have our ducks in a row for lack of a better term. And what I find when I'm working with my, my clients, which is why like the results that they come to me with is, and, and this happens in so many different ways, whatever coach you're working with right now, you're going to see these results across all the other places that you're trying to improve your life is once you improve kind of one aspect, other parts of your life start to rise and lift. And when I work with my clients on their finances, their relationships become better they, because they feel so much more grounded and confident in their situation so they can show up in other aspects of their lives. So whether it's their relationships or their nutrition or their career or whatever it is, they're able to take care of those other aspects knowing that they don't have to worry and spend so much energy on. And for the most part, I think most of us, if you look at all people, stress, the majority of them are stressing about money. And if you could rid yourself of that stress and that energy of thinking about that, I mean, you can think about it on like a regular schedule for like 10 minutes every two weeks, which we'll talk about. But other than that, you don't have to spend the other like 80% of your day constantly thinking like, when am I going to get, when is that client going to pay that invoice? Or when are they going to charge rent next month? Is it going to be on the third or is it going to be on the first? Like you don't have to worry about that because you know, and you've been doing the work to make sure that everything is 
at least at a baseline taken care of. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's so many reasons. I, I like to call it my oh shit fund. You like to call it your wealth stacking account. Um, people will talk, call it their fuck off fund, but especially for women to have some sort of safety net or just have money and get used to having money and comfortable with having money, let alone maintaining and making all these other decisions. But even just the act of having money allows you to be more confident in your job. It allows you to take bigger risks. It allows you to get out of situations that are not good for you. And that is putting you as a human being in such a better position to continue you know, growing and taking care of yourself in all the other ways. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's self-care. Now, how do you do it? <laughs> um, and, and why is personal finance specifically important for as a business owner? And this is something that is so important to me is business owners need to take care of their personal finances so that they can show up in their business. And I kind of alluded to that. Like we need to take care of ourselves before it's, it's the, what is it? Oxygen mask scenario put on yours before assisting others. You need to take care of your personal financial situation before you're really worrying about your business. And that sounds super counterintuitive because all of us who have started a business, the only thing we ever think about is how are we going to make our business continue to survive? Like we will eat macaroni and cheese and sleep on the floor before our business, you know, has to go to a worse email marketing software. Right. But it is so important to take care of yourself because at the end of the day, especially if you're a coach or a service-based business owner, you are your business. And even if you're trying to grow it to scale, like you still need to take care of yourself as an individual Mm -hmm. and talk about like equal pay, like pay yourself the salary that you deserve, that you've been wanting to make Mm -hmm. out of your business and take care of yourself so that you no longer have like resentment or stress or show up in your business all frazzled because your personal finances aren't being taken care of. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's that. Um, And then how do we do this is pretty much what I like to do is I have paydays or payday parties where twice the month, I just go in and review what's happened since the last payday party and figure out, okay, how much money I, I, I have all my finances and I have all my clients do their finances on a percentage system. So I ensure that they're actually paying themselves out of their business mm-hmm. and then they can go in. So usually my payday parties are like a couple days before traditional paydays, which would be usually the 15th and the 31st or every two weeks. But most of our bills are paid on the 15th and the end of the month or the beginning of the next month. And so when it comes to my personal finances, I'll go in and make sure, okay, I got my paycheck from my business and now I can go take care of all my personal finance stuff. And so checking in with your business finances twice a month in terms of like paying yourself and setting money aside for taxes and making sure you have money in your account to pay other bills that are going to come up in a couple days. Um, then checking in on your personal finances twice a month and then checking in as like the CFO of your business at the end of the month to make sure you're set up for the rest of the, the quarter or at least the next month, depending on where your business is at. Mm-hmm. But at the forefront, I think a lot of people are like, that's too much work. I don't want to spend time doing that. But the thing is when you take time and you just like carve out 
10, 20 minutes out of your day, or even, you know, however much time you want to really spend on it. I like to be nerdy and dig into it a lot, but mm-hmm. 20 minutes, two times a month, and then 20 minutes on your personal finances, two times a month, and then maybe an hour review at the end of the month will save you hours upon hours of worrying, of stress, but also of basically reconciling everything at the end of the year for tax time, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. that's my spiel. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I think, and so to clarify as well with the percentage thing, it's like, so basically you take like the income of your business and then rather than being like, oh, this much money goes out every month, it's just like a percentage of that goes towards different things every month. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean? Yeah. 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 And, um, I, yeah, I love that. There was another question that was just coming to mind. What was it? Hmm. I don't know. But the other thing that I was going to say was like, I I think this is really fun as well, because I like to think of percentages as well in the different things. And I, I heard this thing once and it was so good. It was actually from, um, Tihav Eka, um, on, Mm -hmm. um, from his book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And he talks about how like, um, and I mean, he goes into this more in his actual seminars and stuff, but uh, he talks about how everyone should have like, a savings fund, but also like a, a, a spending fund. So it's like everyone should put like a percentage aside every single month. And one of it's like to, to support that, like, um, kind of like a person that needs the certainty, that part of us that needs the certainty that needs to know that money's there, that needs to have that kind of sitting there, but then also the part of us that wants to have fun and be spontaneous and do crazy things. Like that's what we have that other fund for. And I think that's just such a, like, even, obviously there, there can be more like your taxes and all that stuff as well. But I think those two things are just such fun ideas as well for like making sure you prioritize putting money into those different types of accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's so important to understand what you, your behavior is too, as a person yeah, who true. has to manage your own money. I mean, we are, whether we like it or not, we are all the CFO of our own lives. We're the only person. And I wish I could go into my client's bank accounts and transfer the money for them. Cause I know they're not going to do it one month or something. And it's like, no, they are, they are the owners of their financial destiny. I am the owner of mine. I can help them understand what to do and give them the mindset tricks to know that they're going to do that, but they have to actually go in and do it. And the best way to create a financial system that's going to work for you is understanding your behavior. Mm-hmm. Are you the person that needs that spending fund and that saving fund? And in a lot of ways, you know, one thing that I've done is I took away a lot of the like Ugh, feeling that you get around budgeting. Mm-hmm. And I basically was like, I don't want a budget that judges me for all the things that I spend money on. I want a budget that just is like, here's what you get to spend, go spend it. And so I created that for myself and I've created that for my clients so they can feel like they mm-hmm. have a budget that supports them and allows them to spend freely, but also to make sure that they're hitting all of their other goals that they've prioritized over kind of spending on whatever they want as well. Mm-hmm. And what I like to do as well, like when, cause I also have like a date with money. I do it on a weekly basis, but uh-huh. um, what I like to do is I like to play music. Like I made a playlist on YouTube that has like all these like really fun songs about money. <laughs> Yeah, And I love to play that while I do it as well, because I feel like for a lot of people when they're first, like if they're first starting this side, like, and I know for me, it was so overwhelming and scary. Like I didn't want to do it because I was scared of what I would find, but actually Mm -hmm. on the reverse, it's like, I felt way more empowered when I started, you know, tracking my money and just like looking at what, what I was spending and looking at what was coming in and having this idea. And it was like this, um, whole concept around, like we actually, um, 
we oh sorry I just got distracted that's okay <laughs> someone came in my door <laughs> but um yeah so what was I talking about? Oh yeah. So we get the, um, we have like the money we, we put on the music, we make ourselves feel good because yeah, it can feel so overwhelming, but what we focus on expands. And when we're actually right. paying attention to what we're tracking and what's coming in and what's going on, we can create so much more of that. And it's like now money, like if we're talking about money energetically, like wants to come hang with you. Cause it's like, this is a good time. I get to have a party with you every two weeks, every week. And it's great. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, thinking of money as energy, it's like it wants to be taken care of. And if you're going to take care of your money and, you know, whether that's through tracking it or through setting it into various accounts and saving for specific things, it also wants to know, you know, that's why you're supposed to be very specific about your income goals is because your subconscious mind wants that specificity and the energy of money coming in is going to meet that, that, and it wants to know what it needs to be, you know, saving for. It wants to know what its purpose is. It wants to be taken care of. So you have to treat it with respect so that mm -hmm. it can return that. Yeah, I love that. And talking about income goals, I would love to talk about this as well, because I know this is another thing is like you help people create more like uh, purposeful income goals. Like, can, can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So I am a huge proponent of basically reverse engineering your revenue goals because I, you know, there's, there's just so much out there about setting and, and we all do this because it sounds great and it's sexy of like having six figure years or six figure months or five figure months or, you know, earn your first $10,000 month or something like that. It's mm -hmm. always framed in a certain way. And it's awesome because I love aspiring to that abundance level. Mm -hmm. But with that said, I also, when I'm working with clients, as we had mentioned, it's so important to get really specific about your numbers so you can manifest that or focus on that, however you want to phrase that. And what I find is most people set revenue goals without really considering, well, what do I need to make on a personal level to support the life of my dreams? And what does my business need to make to support the life of my business's dreams. And oh yeah, most of, you know, a percentage, depending on where you live, if you're in the US, it's like 15 to 20% of what you make in your business, overall revenue, not talking profit, isn't even yours to keep because you have to pay the government. And this is true for most countries, but it's mm -hmm. probably a little bit of a different percentage. And then on top of that, it is so important to have your wealth stack account or have that profit account, have something that's going to save money so you can hold on to money in your business so you can reinvest, but you can also pay yourself and take profit distributions and act like you're, and be a real business owner who does take profit distributions and rewards themselves. Mm -hmm. So we usually don't think about that. We usually are like, I just want to make six figures this year. And then we have no idea how that actually breaks down. And most of us aren't, you know, taking a paycheck or taking a consistent paycheck mm -hmm. and have any idea how that's going to be funding our lives. Mm -hmm. So I think it's super important to basically back out of what your overall revenue goal is. And sometimes it's going to smack you in the face because you think like, oh, I want to be able to make $80,000 just in personal income. Like that'd be great if I could pay myself $80,000. And then, so like, I'm just going to shoot for a hundred thousand or something. And then when you actually do the math, you realize that, oh, you probably need about 160,000 in revenue. Mm -hmm. And so 
I, I have a workshop that I take my clients through or workshop attendees through where we actually sit down and we do that math to figure that out. And the first thing we start with is what do you want as an employee, but also an owner of your business? What do you need to be making to support the life that you need? So basic needs, what do you want to be able to cover? And if you have a partner that covers a portion and, or maybe is supporting it because your business isn't quite there yet, what would you like to start contributing to? And what are those needs? And then what would you want? What's nice to have? Like, okay, this would be, you know, that next level. And then what do you ultimately dream of? Do you want to retire your partner? Do you want to be able to max out a 401k? Do you want, you know, what are those ultimate dreams that you're like, this is the life that I built this business to support so that I could continue to give back into my business and make the impact that I want to make. And we've all, you know, we start a business for impact and changing people's lives and doing such amazing things. But we also have that entrepreneurial itch because we want a certain lifestyle as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's getting real with that and getting real with the numbers and going, okay, what do I want on a personal level? And not thinking about like, what can my business give me? And um, you had talked about this on my podcast when I interviewed you, the idea of like basically looking at your past and allowing that to dictate what you're able to do in your future. So we can't do that. We can't think about, well, what did my business do last year? So what does that mean I can make? We literally have to go, no, if I got to start all over, if I had to negotiate my salary with a different company and they were going to hire me to do this work, what would that be? What would my ideal number be in personal income? So figure that out. Then basically find your percentage of revenue that you need to pay for um, taxes. Mm -hmm. And it has to be of revenue, not of profit. So make sure you talk to an accountant or your tax advisor and get that number. And it'd be a percentage. You can decide, okay, I want to put one or 5% for profit. Usually most of us are not at a profit point right now. So I recommend starting with like one or even half a percent, and then you can inch up later on, but give yourself a percentage for profit and then do the same thing that you do did with your personal income on your business and go, what, what do I need? What are the basic things that I need to cover in terms of business expenses this year and do it all annualized? What do I want? What would be nice to have? I'd like to hire an administrative assistant. I'd like to, um, you know, hire an attorney and get some like real legal docs so I can feel like I'm a legitimate business now. Mm -hmm. um, so doing all of that and then go, go into what do I dream of? I want to have four full-time employees. I want to be able to save for their retirement. What does that look like? So you can build out that kind of three tier, line mm -hmm. it up with your personal income. And then using all of that, you can essentially back out of that and find the ultimate revenue goal. So the equation is whatever, you know, you can do it three tiers like I did. So it'd be your need income plus your need business expenses and divide, add that up and then divide by the percentage of taxes plus the percentage of profit mm -hmm. by the total of the percentages and you'll get your ultimate revenue. So you can do that math, but I also have a little freebie if people want mm -hmm. to walk through it on a piece of paper, mm -hmm. you can download it. It's uh, wonderwealthy.com slash roadmap. But that's how you set purpose-driven revenue goals is you put purpose into your revenue by understanding and breaking down, what do I really want? What do I really dream about having? And what does that mean my business needs to get to then? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that because it's so tangible. Like it's so 
like clear what you what you can do and then it also I mean and then the cool thing is you can still have the juicy goals within that and they're Mm -hmm. all like part of it and they're all fun but you also know that everything that you're doing is actually in support of the lifestyle that you actually want to create exactly yes it's and it's it feels I think it's the better process to have kind of those tiers is like most of the people that I do this with, they're already at that need thing. So they get to check mm-hmm. that off already, or they're so close. It's like, you know, a couple more months and you're there. Mm-hmm. And then, so then all, they get to immediately start up-leveling to that want. And then they have that big dream, which, you know, you might hit it, but most likely you won't. And that's why you have that goal is because it's constantly going to continue to grow and grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, also one of the things that you talk about, like, I know you're like a digital nomad as well in the sense that you like travel back and forth and you travel around where you're going and everything. Um, do you have any tips, uh, for people maybe around growing, like running your business, um, maybe anything to do with money as well, but like while you're traveling, like from around the world? Ooh, Yes. <laughs> it's, it's always an ever going process because you have to learn about the new places you're in and mm-hmm. basically just develop your new money mentality when you enter new, new places. But in terms of breaking it down into just like overall business, mm-hmm. um, finding a routine and a rhythm within your place. And, and knowing what is going to work for you that you can kind of rely on every single day while everything else is changing externally. Um, it's hard for me to speak on money because everyone's situation is different and it depends, you know. True. Mm-hmm. Before we got on the phone, I was talking to my mom about the tax nightmare that I could potentially be facing for becoming a resident in Italy and paying taxes here. So <laughs> that's always something that you have to obviously figure out. And I definitely recommend always talking to a professional and hiring someone who can speak to that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of business, I think just finding what works for you that you can always use as, cause your, your, your brain loves to have that routine. It loves to have kind of those habits integrated and obviously building upon those habits that are going to continue to grow and develop you and and continue to learn. Um, But knowing what's going to support you while your lifestyle is kind of constantly changing. So hopefully that. Yeah. I really like that because that's kind of like, I guess like things that I've applied for myself as well. Like I was reflecting as you were talking and it's like um, from like in terms of like, obviously there's like the legal components of all of that stuff. But then in terms Mm -hmm. of just like what you can do for yourself, it's like, I feel like how I said, like I have my like, um, my date with money on a weekly basis. And it's like, I have an alarm in my phone. So it doesn't matter like what time of like what time zone I'm in, I'm always going to have that one day of the week that I do that, you know? Yeah. And so it's like creating like habits like that as well, that can create consistency, even when there's a lot of inconsistency in your lifestyle and the way that you're living Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. So, um, this has been really, really fun and interesting. I think like, um, for overall, like from what you've talked about, I think some of the like really important things for people to consider is just like one, like what stage of your business are you actually in? Like, are you wanting, are you at the stage where you're wanting to start taking your business like serious as an actual business? Because there's definitely a difference between being in like a hobby business 
and in like a legit business that has like seven figure, well, not even necessarily, but you know, seven figure type goals where you're, you're thinking about the legacy that you'll create with what you're, what you're now starting as well. And mm-hmm. it's like, for me, like, and I still have areas in my business, like I'm definitely not perfect. I've loved this conversation for that reason, but it's like, I still have areas where I'm like, oh yeah, like when I'm at that stage, I'll, you know, I'll look into doing that. And I had this mentality for the longest time of tracking my money because I was like, I need to be making money before I start tracking my money. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, what am I going to do? Sit down and be like, cool, I'm still broke. Like, great. But, um, actually like, that's when I, started that and then that's when I actually could witness the transformation that it that was happening and taking place and it was also like this is kind of like going back to what we were talking about at the beginning but it's just coming to mind now but when I was like also doing that it was like suddenly now the decisions I was making around money were really changing as well because I could see how a decision that I'd make like oh let's just grab dinner out or whatever like actually had an effect to everything else that was going on like kind of like the domino effect that your decisions around money have And, um, and yeah, so it's just so powerful to like set those things up and start with whatever is comfortable for you, but just definitely start somewhere. Um, and one other question or kind of topic that I wanted to ask about is this topic of investing. So, um, I know that investing comes in many different forms because there's like investing in like businesses, like investing your money in things. There's investing in coaches, there's investing in programs, like there's investing in whatever, right? Like there's many different aspects of investing. First question, I guess, would be like, when it comes to, um, when you think about investing, like in your world, what does investing mean to you? I'm, (laughs) it means all those different things to me. My mind goes all those different ways. Um, But the the investing, uh, I love to talk about, the two main pieces of investing is investing in not like even yourself, obviously investing in yourself, but like when people think about business is specifically reinvesting in their business through courses, certifications, or, you know, buying whatever that thing is and mm-hmm. knowing that there needs to be a return on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also love talking about just investing in the markets for long-term kind of sustainability in terms of like retirement or just being able to buy a friggin' awesome mansion someday or something. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So the kind of follow up on that is so, okay, with that in mind around investing, do you think that like, what is the mentality around investing that you think is important to have? Or do you have any tips around it? Because what I see a lot is like, there's a, a definitely a massive difference between well, one entrepreneurship and job type mentality around how you use your money. And then Mm -hmm. secondly, it's also like when we're in society, I feel like to me, like what I've witnessed in my experience of life is that when it comes to like investing in a house, people are just like, your family's like, good on you. And they're like, my child bought a house and I'm so proud, you know, but then when it comes, if you like, oh, I'm going to invest in a business, I'm going to invest in a coach, I'm going to invest in this people. And like, everyone's like, what? Like, and even like interesting things, like sometimes even taking out a car loan to your, to like some people is seen as an investment, which it's totally not, by the way. No. Um, <laughs> no. But you know, like those kinds of things are sometimes witnessed as investments, but then obviously in entrepreneurship, it's kind of like, it's a really different mentality. And I notice a lot of people struggle with this concept of like, 
do you invest before you've made money? Like, obviously, if you're wanting to be a leader and asking other people to invest in you, you have to show that you're a leader in investing and willing to do that for yourself because you can't expect other people to do it. Um, and then what, what, what are your recommendations or your process around, yeah, investing, I guess, early on, I, I would yeah. say. Okay. Ooh, I love this. So first and foremost, investing early on, I just want to touch on this no matter what kind of investment you should, you make other than don't ever think that buying a car is an investment. You're so spot on. <laughs> Cars dep- depreciate so fast and so hard. The anyway, second you get into it. <laughs> but other than cars, you know, even a house, which is houses people are comfortable with, mm-hmm. but houses aren't necessarily the best investment. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a house, whether it's investing in the stock market, whether it's investing in a business, in your own business, in your own personal growth and development, the earlier you can do it, the better. Because the most important thing that you can do, the, the, the best thing, the, the highest commodity thing that you have over everybody else is time. Other than maybe like your little brother or your ch- child or someone younger than you, right? But like your parents thinking that it's crazy that you're going to go start a business is because they're projecting from their life and they don't have that much time left. So that's a, such a huge, much larger risk for them than it is for you. So you have time to fail and get back up again. And you're most likely, you know, have a lot less liabilities or dependents. So you might not have a partner yet, or you might not have children yet, or you might not have a mortgage yet. And so this is the best time. Or maybe you're going to get a mortgage, but you're like, yeah, but I can do all these other things Mm -hmm. with this property and make it that type of investment. Mm -hmm. And so the earlier, always the better. Mm -hmm. And to your point, now I'm going to go back and then we're going to go back to that that Mm -hmm. area that we're talking about in terms of like talking about investing specifically, but like when to invest and if you should invest before you have the money. This is a hard one because it depends on what you mean by have the money. We all have the money. It just depends on what we are prioritizing. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, we would rather pay $500 a month on a car payment than pay $500 a month to hire our first business coach. Mm -hmm. And to us, that's where our priorities and our values are lined up. Or Mm -hmm. we'd rather spend, you know, 200 bucks a month on brunch and drinks with our friends than spend 200 bucks in a year on our first website. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then as you advance, obviously in your business, you're going to be making some money, but you're going to start prioritizing certain things over the other. And you can always invest from your personal savings into your business. But again, you're going to look at your priorities in your personal life. And you know what? It's okay to want to feed yourself and feed your kids or pay your mortgage. Obviously that's what you value and you prioritize over a business and that's okay. Like, this is not a value check. It's just going, okay, where are my values at right now? And so most people have the money, but they're just prioritizing their money to go elsewhere. And if they wanted to make it work, they could. But we always live in this state of like, change is hard and I'm not going to be able to do that. You know, I'm not going to be able to sell my house and get, you know, get out of this mortgage and so that I can free up an extra thousand dollars a month to potentially start a business. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't willing to make those big changes. Mm-hmm. Now, even still, it might be tight or maybe they feel like they'd have to, you know, drain some of their savings and invest this money. And as a money coach, it's hard for me to be like, do it anyway. Mm-hmm. But 
what is really important, and you touched on this earlier, was with the act of, you know, checking your finances and, and investing, even if you don't quite feel ready, is the, act, the fact that you start embodying and you become and you start identifying as an investor, as a business owner, as someone who is operating at this level of business. And I know people can't see my hands, but like operating at the higher level of business that you've, you're now aspiring and manifesting into rather than continuing to say, I can't afford it. It's not going to happen. And so when you start embodying that identity of someone who does invest, does invest in themselves, does hire the coach, does, you know, start buying the more expensive marketing platform, but you're also meeting that with the mindset of this is my identity and this is who I am. You start inevitably taking certain actions that allow you to make more money or allow you to not spend on the things that previously were just wasteful behaviors. And you start actually paying attention and being aware about how to, how you can, what you can do to make more and how you're acting around your money to make better and smarter decisions. Mm -hmm. For the most of us, most part, a lot of us are just kind of numb to, and, and doing a lot of like mindless kind of wandering, especially when it comes to our money because of so many things, because of our mindset and our stories about what we believe money is, but also, you know, the pressures that society puts on us and the pressures that we feel from our community and our peers, but also from ourselves and the things that we're telling ourselves. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of, it's, it's a way of like active manifestation when you decide I'm going to make this investment. I'm not quite there yet, but the fact that you're making that investment gives you this new identity. Mm-hmm. It allows you to act through that new identity and you're acting as the person you want to become as opposed to who you've always been. Mm-hmm. So you're going to, you're stop, you're going to stop making the decisions that were keeping you stuck and keeping you held back. Mm-hmm. I think this is such a big thing. Like I talk about this a lot, one in like, um, embodiment as well. And, um, and really just like elevating to like a different level. It's like this understanding that you don't just magically become a business owner or like whatever. It's like, you have to take ownership of what it is that you're stepping into. And that's when you can start like aligning with that more and making decisions from that place. And that's why like, I love asking like little prompt questions, like having that thing, like, whatever you identify with, but you could ask like, what would my higher self do? Or what would my, you know, um, six figure version of myself do? Or what would this version of me do right now? And, or what would the, you know, badass business babe do right now? Like whatever version of yourself that you kind of want to step into, if you can kind of like have a little prompt question like that, then, um, it really starts to shift your own energetic identity. And when we talk about even this like this strategy in terms of manifestation, that's like manifestation 101, like step into what you desire in whatever capacity that you currently can. And it really starts with how you're feeling about the things that you're doing and how you're showing up for those things. So I love that advice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, what always resonates with me too is because I'm a very like analytical and, and data driven person, I've always needed that like practical, tangible mm-hmm. aspect to this idea of like manifestation and abundance. And the truth 
says that this is all rooted in science in one way, shape, or form. I mean, the way that you, your identity is so deeply rooted into your subconscious. And if you can reprogram your mind to believe that I am the six-figure business owner, you're going to make six-figure business owner decisions. And thus, Mm -hmm. those opportunities are going to come to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm the same way. Like I, um, I don't know whether it was just like, I don't know, but I also like, I had my bachelor of science and everything. And so it was like hearing a lot of this stuff, it was like, I really wanted to believe it, but I also wanted to make sense of it, you know? So I I love that it all kind of makes sense when you look at it from a psychology perspective or from a woo-woo, like angels in the sky perspective, it all kind of like ties together and makes sense. And I love it. Yeah. So this has been, yeah, really great. Um, I would love for you to share again, like, and maybe like, obviously more than just Instagram, like if people want to get connected with you and kind of learn a little bit more about you, get in your vibe, like, yeah, work with you or follow you or whatever, where can they connect with you? Yeah. So everything can be found at Mm -hmm. wanderwealthy.com. Our lovely podcast interview will also be on the Wander Wealthy podcast. So come check it out and Instagram. um, It's all linked up there. And then as I had mentioned, if you want to get something to write down and do the numbers in terms of that purpose-driven revenue goal, you can get my roadmap. It's at wanderwealthy.com slash roadmap. Perfect. I'll put those in the show notes as well so that you can, by the way, I had someone say, I don't know how to find the show notes. So if you are confused about what show notes are and where to find them, if you just go on your app and you click like on the podcast app details, it'll pull up the description of the the, um, episode, which is the show notes. So just FYI for those wondering. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so amazing. Thank you so much. Like, is there any last like negative wisdom that you would love to leave the audience with? Ooh, I would say you're never going to be ready until you just do it. And then you look back, I can go in retrospect. Okay, I did it. I guess I'm ready now. Right. So you just have to take that first step, whether it's the investment and or paying yourself or looking at your finances for the first time or deciding to be an abundant babe. Yeah, totally. Own it. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Well, thanks again so much for joining me and to the audience. Thank you so much for being here. It means the entire universe that you're here spending your time with us. And I would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. If you want to start a conversation around anything that you heard here, you're always welcome to come join the Abundant Babes Facebook group where we can chat some more. You can do a post and we can start a thread or obviously feel free to DM either of us um, on whatever platforms most um, used for you, whatever platform you love. And we can, um, I mean, I, I know I'd love to. I'm sure Tess would as well. Oh, yeah. Thank you so okay. much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye.